0: One of the things as pastor that I desire to do is to try and find ways to get all, all five of us um, before you so you know who your elders are and then also you know how they can figure out, learn, how they can best serve you as, as the body. And so I'm trying to find ways to uh, get them before you. And uh, one of the things in the scriptures in, in Titus and in Timothy it says about elders is that they uh, uh, part of their mandate is to teach, to be teachers. And so this morning we have the privilege of having one of our lay elders, Bob Fisher, come and bring God's word to you. Uh, he loves this church. He loves the body of Christ. Uh, most of all, he loves he loves Christ. He, he loves the, the one who whom our worship is due. And so this morning, uh, it's it's my privilege to uh, to introduce to you uh, Bob Fisher as he comes to bring God's word to us this week. Thank you, Scott. I'd like uh, to begin if each one of you would bow your heads and close your eyes. I'd like for us to not have any distraction just for a minute. And uh, I would like for you to answer this question. This past week, what has been the desire of your life? This last month, What has really been the desire of your life? And I guess in totality of all of our lives. we look back and reflect on the things that uh, has happened in our lives, our thoughts, our actions, what has been our real desire in our life? Father, we we thank you for the privilege that we can uh, open... Your word, we we understand, Father, that there have been many, many people who have tried to destroy this word, and yet your word is faithful to say it will not be destroyed. It will last through an eternity, and we thank you, Father, and we understand, Father, that as we come to you this morning, it is not a small thing that we can come into your very presence in prayer. And have your presence with us in this place. We understand, Father, that was was for the very high price. As you came to die for us. And Father, we want to praise you and we want to thank you for that. And Father, we want to thank you for leaving your word to us. That we might understand what you have for us. And what you're going to do through our lives as we live this life here. And Father, we, we thank you. <laughs> that Jesus Christ came and demonstrated to us that God can live in a man and control that heart and mind. We thank you, Father, for these that you have left in your word to give us an example of what you're wanting to do through our life, even though these were just men and women who were not perfect, as we are not, yet you used them in a very mighty way, in a very powerful way, we thank you, Father, for that. We pray, Father, now that you would bless your word, that it would be used to honor and glorify you and change our lives, Father. In thy name we do pray. Amen. We do want to speak of the fact of what is the desire of our lives. <clears throat> A lot of things in this world trying to draw us away from the things of Christ. Try to get our attention or easy to get caught up in those things. In 2 Kings, the 22nd chapter, is where we want to begin. We want to read the first two verses there in that chapter. Should be on the screen. In uh, 2 Kings, the 22nd chapter, the first two verses says, Josiah was eight years old when he began king, became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jediah, the daughter of Adiah, of Abozkav. He did right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of his father David. Nor did he turn aside to the right or to the left. We see in this chapter, beginning this twenty-second chapter, the reign of Josiah, as king of Judah. Now Judah was was the two tribes, the lower two southern tribes, uh, as the nation of Israel has been split 10 tribes in the north of Israel Josiah was only 8 years old think about that if you can think about when you were 8 years old this weekend we're celebrating our 50th anniversary of graduating from high school now I know that brings up a couple of thoughts for you, it's the fact that you're amazed I did graduate from high school I have a diploma somewhere that uh, and you're probably wondering, is it only 50 years? It's going by rather quickly. But if you think back when you were eight years old, would you been ready to be king of the nation?
1: You may have an eight year old.
0: <laughs> would your child at eight years old be ready to rule a kingdom? And yet, this was thrust upon Josiah at this age now. Josiah was the 16th king for the nation of Judah, two tribes, and he was one of the good kings. The sad connotation that there were only 8 out of 20 kings that the Word of God says were good kings. The rest of those kings departed from the things of God. And Josiah had a father and a grandfather. His father was... uh, Ammon and his uh, grandfather was Manasseh. And the report we have upon them that they were not good kings. They brought in idols. Um, and Manasseh even brought in an idol into the very temple of God and worshiped that idol. Uh, had all kinds of things that, that he did that were opposed to the word of God and what God had for the nation of Israel. Uh, And we see the word about Manasseh in the 21st chapter is that he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord disposed before the sons of Israel. Those nations that were in Canaan before the Hebrew children came into that land that God said, they are so bad. They are so far away from me. their abominations that that is that they have to be destroyed. And if you look back into their, the history of those nations, you find that they had nothing towards God. It was all in self and self-indulgence. The sexual uh, behavior of some of those people was so bad that their children were born with disease. This is what the example of what the word about Manasseh Josiah's grandfather, this is what the word of God says, he did worse than those nations that God disposed out of Canaan, the nation of Israel. Well, his father wasn't a lot better. He did the same thing as his father Manasseh did, but he only got to reign two years. And some of the people had enough of that and actually killed him. Uh, and, And so Manasseh actually had some reform, but it wasn't total reform in 2 Chronicles it talks about this and and there were some things that he did but he didn't clean house and and so the idols were still there and and the people were still away from God and we see here even though this was the influence in the house of of Josiah as he was growing up Josiah turned his heart to God it says that he had his whole heart he in turn to the right or to the left. He found out who God was, what God had for him, and followed that. Now there were a lot of things that was going on around him that his grandfather and father did that he had no control over. He couldn't do anything about. And we look at this and we wonder, why was his heart changed? Why was he different than his grandfather and father? That was the influence he had. Well, I think... This is this is Fisher theology. So you can take it for whatever you want. But I really believe the reason that his mother is named here is that she had an influence, in and she had that towards God of, of knowing that God had a better way, and he was taught, I believe, the things of God by his mother. You know, in in the Word of God, the genealogies that are usually usually list the fathers. Mothers are never listed in most cases. And yet at this time it was. So I think he had an influence there. But also I think this was God touching his heart because we're going to see how God changed him even more. And as he comes to the the throne in verses uh, 3 through 7, which I don't have those, but uh, he he comes down and, and he wants the temple repaired. Evidently, the temple, as Manasseh and some of the other kings had let the temple go in disrepair. And so now he tells uh, the Satan, the uh, scribe, and the priest to go to the temple to take the money that has been brought into the temple, that the people brought in there, and had that money turned over to the carpenters and the stone masons. And they were to repair the temple. And it's interesting that he says, now, you turn that money over to them, and they don't even have to give an account. There were some people, evidently with integrity, still in the kingdom, still wanting to serve God and do what was right. And they saw that the temple was in disrepair, and they wanted to. to fix it and to repair it correctly. Well as that temple is being repaired, then a book is found. The book of the law. Had evidently been hidden away of those maybe trying to destroy it, or had been just placed back, like some people you say, Do you have a Bible? Yeah, someplace. It's around here somewhere. That's the way the law at this particular time had been misplaced or had been put away and it was not being read. And so as this book is found, they bring it to Josiah and the house of, of God has, is being repaired. But you see, the problem was even with the repairing of the temple and making it right before God and that structurally, it still had idols on the inside. Still were worshiping the idols, and so as the book is brought to Josiah in verses eight through eleven, it says, "Then Hilkiah the high priest said to Satan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord.' And Hilkiah gave the book to Satan, who read it. Satan the scribe came to the king and brought it back word to the king and said." Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hands of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Moreover, (coughs) Saphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Saphim read it in the presence of the Lord. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. As this book of the law, is brought to Josiah and it's read before him. He actually tears his clothes in an act of repentance and understands that there is a problem in their nation. Now the problem with this is that in Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, beginning in verse 9, this was a word that God gave to Moses. It says, so, so Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priest, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them, saying, at the end of every seven years, at the time, <clears throat> sorry, at the end of, of every seven years, at the time of the year of remission of debts, at the Feast of the Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place which he will choose, you shall read this law in front of all Israel in their hearing. As assemble the people, the men and the women and children, and the alien who is in your town, so that they may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God, and be careful to observe all the words of this law. Their children who have not known will hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live on the land which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. Every seven years, this law was to be read before the people. Now Manasseh ruled 55 years, I believe it was. Ammon ruled two years. So there had been almost 60 years and evidently the law had not been read before the people. Because they had put idols up in front of the people. They had led the people in idol worship. And this command that God had given to Moses and Moses had given to the people had been forgotten. We also see later on that Josiah establishes the Passover again. They had forgotten that. The very thing that God told them to recognize and remember my deliverance of you from the nation of Egypt, from the bondage that you were in, that very thing, you're to recognize every year. You're to observe this Passover. And they hadn't done that. That's how far away Judah had gotten from God. The cause of the idols that had slipped in. And so we see here, <clears throat> as Josiah sees this, and he reads the book, and the law is read to him. And he looks around See what was happening. And then he compares that to the law that had been read to him, and immediately he repents. God, we we are robbed here. And so with that, he sends five men to find out what the Lord would say about the situation that they had. They go to a prophetess, who her name, and she says, We got a serious problem in this nation. God has said, Because of your disobedience, because of the of all of the things that you have been following after the idols and the things that's happening, there are even male prostitutes within the temple. All of this that you have done, I will judge. The nation of Judah. It will be like Israel was. as carried away the ten tribes. They will be carried away. But for Josiah. Because he has. Turned his whole heart. To me. I will spare him. He will not see this. He will be already with. Sleep with his fathers. As it says. Uh, before this will happen. And so. We see here Josiah's This word comes back to him, uh, and he he looks at all of this, and and he he Josiah's saying, "Well, you know, <clears throat> that's not a real good word, but I'm okay. I, I don't seem to have a problem here. I seem to be pleased to me. It's you guys that have a problem, and you know, since I'm okay, I don't think we'll do anything." I think what happened is we'll just wait until God calls me home and then the rest of you have had it. <clears throat> you know, that sounds pretty harsh. But unfortunately, I'm afraid I've said the same thing and not the same words. But in that, when I say, man, I'm ready for the rapture. I'm ready for God to take me out of here. This place is getting worse and worse in our society. The things that's happening... More and more we see the persecution against Christianity. It's happening. More and more we see the limitations even in our own nation, on Christianity, just the things in the last 30 years we see. And yet there are people who need to know the Lord Jesus Christ before he comes again. And Paul gives us a word in Romans 10:1. He says, "Brethren, my heart's desire. And my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. You see, if our desire in our heart is right before God, in our own lives, seeking what God wants to do through our lives, then our heart's desire is going to go to other people too. We're going to have a longing for those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might come to know Him. Allow Him to be Lord of their lives and their Savior and not perish with a separation from God for eternity in torment. And Josiah looks around and he says, you know what? We're going to make some changes. There's some big changes that's going to take place in this. And Josiah makes a covenant with God in the 23rd chapter. the first three verses he says, Then the king sent and gathered to him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes and with all his heart and with all his soul to carry out the words of this covenant that were written in this book and all the people entered into the covenant. You see, as the law was written to Josiah, it had a major impact upon his life. Josiah now, coming to that time in his life, as he looked at what God had said and what was going on in the world, and he said, wow, we have a tremendous difference here with what God wants. And Josiah, at that point, now had come to a place where he says, I want to walk with the Lord. I want to do what God has for me. And I'm telling you, if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a very personal way and walk with Him, you're going to find him in here. And without this, the world is going to deceive you because the truth is in here. Because the truth is Jesus Christ. It's what he said. I am the truth. Not a truth, the truth. And you find him here. And this is what happened in the life of Josiah. As he had that book read, and as it says, he read the book to the people. He didn't have one of the scribes or the priest. He said, this is very important, people. I want to read this to you. I want you to hear what God has to say. And And the very, one very important application I want us to see from this history that God has preserved for us is that the book brought Josiah what was brought to him and it changed his life. The Word of God as we seek to know what God says in here, find Him, will change our lives. There's no doubt about it. God has so much for us. And He he says, Jesus said, He told His disciples, as I go, I send another comforter to you. One who will indwell you. One who will show you what is my direction. My will for your life. I have a plan and a purpose for you. And I want you to know it. And, I, and He will give you truth. He will open up to you understanding of my word. And as we see, the, the disciples before they received the Spirit of God didn't really understand Even up to the point... When Jesus, the night before he went to the cross, they were fighting over who was the greatest, going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus said, no, no, I got this all wrong. But after the Spirit of God came upon him, a tremendous, upon them, tremendous transformation in their lives. And they stood boldly and they said, you know, I remember what Jesus said. This is his word that he said. That's why Jesus preserved this word for us. So we might. Well, in the life of Josiah, it made a tremendous difference. And in the 23rd chapter, in verses 24 and 25, it says, moreover, Josiah removed the mediums and the spirituals and the terraform and the idols and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and Jerusalem that he might confirm the words of the law which were written in the book of Achaia, the priest found in the house of the Lord. Before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his mind, according to the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. Josiah had tremendous change. Now that's quite a word. It says there was no king before him, well, kings were before him David, Solomon. David witness about the life of David is as a man after God's own heart. but it says Josiah was greater than that. His whole soul, his whole mind, everything about him was turned to the Lord that you might know him. If you want a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find him here. Jesus said I have come that all might have salvation it's not limited those who want to come to him he will call him in 2nd Corinthians the 5th chapter the 17th verse it says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things have come all things, new things have come why ask you when we begin, as we reflect upon our own lives, what is the desire of our life? Is it a desire to please self? We have a lot of idols in, in our society that will draw us away from the Lord Jesus Christ. God says, I have so much more for you. What is the desire of your life? Let's have a word of Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you have come, you provide for our salvation, and extend to us, Father, and you've called us to know you in the word personal life. We thank you, Father, that anyone can come as you draw their heart to yourself. We thank you that you do that to men and women. May our desire of our hearts, Father, in our lives, be that which is pleasing unto you. We understand, Father, we haven't always been that way. That we have gone after those things that the world has put before us and have allowed them to interfere with our walk with you. And Father, we confess that before you today. And Father, we made you lead us and direct us, capture our hearts and minds, Father, that our desires will be right before you. In thy name we do pray. Amen.